back out here. Um, exciting spot, exciting times. Of course, we've had some Sooner fans already roll through, um, enjoying this holiday weekend early. Yeah. Yeah, we got a four-day weekend coming up. You'll uh, hear me brag about that several times as the uh, show rolls on today. A reminder, we will not be on the air Monday or Tuesday. And I hope you're not at work on Monday or Tuesday either. So after today, we'll catch up with you on Wednesday. All right, man, um, it's, it's still the big news. Give me what your immediate reaction was to yesterday's news. And, and since then, they've been voted and accepted by the Big Ten. So it's, it's going to happen in 2024. USC, UCLA are off to the Big Ten. What was your big reaction? My initial reaction, uh, and this can be confirmed by those around me, was to throw my head back and laugh at max capacity. Um, I love this. <laughs> and I think most people, you know, right off the bat, really just thought Lincoln Riley went from, you know, not really being part of the conversation to the move of the SEC, and then down the road he goes and he's building this thing, and everybody's like, you know what, the Pac-12 is gettable, right? You can win the Pac-12. You can go to the playoff. There's a clear path. And then it has been confirmed that he did not know about this move either. So he's got to get word that, oh, hey, by the way, um, you know you just maybe had to beat Oregon and maybe Utah. Well, now you've got to beat Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. and You've got to be playing up in, in Wisconsin in December. You've got to be playing in the snow, and all your, uh, all your Cali boys uh, might not be too excited about that. So uh, it was hilarious to me. I literally throughout the day kept saying, Oh, just I can't believe it. This is this is fantastic. This is fantastic. I mean, there are certain certainly conversations that need to be had about you know the future of the sport and the future of you know what conferences are going to do what, what schools are going to do what, where does OSU end up, where does Oregon end up, where does Notre Dame end up? You know, if they come off of their independent status, I mean, there it's certainly a lot of questions. But my initial reaction was, golly, I just I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when Lincoln found yeah. out because you know he wasn't happy. Yeah, I don't think he was happy either because, you know, USC really has to adapt to the Big Ten. The Big Ten really doesn't have to adapt to USC all that much. Now, you know, USC with Lincoln Riley will be doing some different things offensively, but, I mean, Ohio State is also spreading it out and throwing the ball around. So it's not like anything that they've ever seen before, but USC is going to have to adjust to the style. Um, it's bigger bodies in the Big Ten. We saw that last year with Nebraska. It's more of a line of scrimmage league, which Lincoln Riley has struggled with in the past. And then you mentioned the weather, man. You, you cannot recreate, you cannot simulate the harsh climate of what you're going to see at Penn State or what you're going to see at Wisconsin, at Minnesota, wherever. Like USC is going to have to adjust to the Big Ten. The Big Ten's really not going to have to adjust to UC, USC or UCLA. And there's multiple reasons why I think that those two programs are probably, man, really going to struggle once they roll into that conference. Well, of course. And, and you think specifically about, you know, again, as you said, USC and UCLA are going to be the ones that have to adjust. Think of everything they have to adjust to, not only the style of play, not only the climate, but think of the travel. I mean, think of think of sure. going to yeah. Rutgers. It's a 44-hour drive from L.A. to Rutgers, and that's the, uh, 22 of that is just trying to get out of L.A.'s traffic. So, I mean, I, I understand the teams, you know, they've got planes and everything like that, but equipment staffs don't. The band likely doesn't. I mean, they're going to have to rent some warehouse in the middle of the country to keep all their gear in, 
you know, so they can get out ahead of when they got to set up for games because there's just simply no way. The logistics that go into that and how that affects a travel budget, and I know that we think that USC is covered in money trees. I, I totally get that, but that stuff matters. And obviously the TV deal will be great, but th- there's so many just ancillary things that they're going to have to adjust to, and I think traveling is a massive one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially if Oregon and Washington aren't added to the Big Ten. I, I, I don't know how USC or UCLA fans feel right now, but, you know, Oregon's going to be a real threat under Dan Lanning. I, I, I adamantly believe that. I think that he's really going to put out some good football teams and some good recruiting classes. But I'm, if I'm USC, man, I'm hoping that Oregon, Washington, someone else in the Pac-12 is coming along with me to the Big Ten just to kind of ease that travel a little bit because outside of going across town to, to Westwood or really to Pasadena to play UCLA – your closest road trip after that will be Lincoln, Nebraska, which yeah, is two time Nebraska. zones away. Surely USC is hoping that some other Pac-12 teams are going with them. Yeah, you would you would think so. But, I mean, with Oregon being who many people have tabbed as their biggest competition there and also what we've seen with Dan Lanning and his recruiting style uh, specifically aimed at Lincoln Riley and USC saying, hey, we're the SEC program out west, you know. We are the ones that, you know, will develop you and put you in the NFL. I'm fresh off a national championship with Georgia. I know what it takes to win a national championship in the SEC. I know what champions look like, all that. I'm not sure if USC is going, man, I really want Oregon to come with. Because right now, at least, that would just be another team ahead of them. And USC could be entering that conference, what, fifth or sixth in the conference? Well, let's talk about that. Like, as it sits today, and, I mean, there's a thought that Lincoln Riley's going to improve USC, and I, and I definitely think he'll do that. But where would USC sit right now in terms of best program in the conference? Let's start with the Big Ten West. Wisconsin's a better program than them right now. And I'm really looking back at the past, you know, five years or so. Wisconsin's been a better program. Iowa has been a better program. Um, if you look over to the other side, Ohio State's been a better program. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Like, that's kind of just scratching the surface at best, man. They'd be rolling in today as the seventh best co- seventh best team in that league. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the current recruiting uh, rankings on 247 Sports, Ohio State out to a big lead um, as the number one class. I know everybody, based on Twitter and based on anything coming south of the river, thinks Texas has the, the best class in the country. Well, they're, they're third. Um, and uh, Penn State's doing incredible stuff. They're about to land a couple other big-time guys. I mean, yeah, nobody else is slowing down, and you see what Mel Tucker's doing uh, at Michigan State. He's got a lot of people excited for a lot of reasons, and and what if, I don't know, what if the Big Ten adds Notre Dame? You know, is that another team that's slotted above them? Because here's the thing. These conferences now are in the position to say, okay, cool. Let's uh, let, let's see who wants to come along, because you're you're. I imagine the top three free agents, if you will, are going to be uh, probably Clemson, Oregon, and Notre Dame. If we just go off kind of recent success versus market size versus everything like that, I think that it's already been reported that Washington and Oregon uh, requested uh, um, to to go to the Big Ten, or at least requested meetings and and, and some of that uh, and. They said that they were going to stand pat. The Big Ten said they were going to stand pat until they got yep. an answer from Notre Dame. So yep. all, all the schools that are going to be added now 
are likely to be at least on the level or above the level of USC. So I'm wondering what it does for their recruiting because when you look at recruiting um, of what USC is doing now, you look at their edits, you look at their mailers and things like that, it's got palm trees all over it. They know exactly who they're recruiting. They're looking for people who love warm weather and beaches and all this kind of stuff. Well, if you've got to play all your away games, you know, in cold weather for the most part, unless they're obviously they're early in the year, you can't, I mean, sure, you're living amongst the palm trees and whatnot, but you've got you got to get some cold weather gear for most of your big-time football games, especially those late-in-the-year, big-time, no season-defining games. Yeah, you can't simulate that, man. USC, just it, you, you can't simulate what, what, what they're going to face in uh, late October and the month of November. Uh, Air Cover Solutions text line, we'll get to a few here. Muleshoe is going to have a rough time in Columbus. Not many hotels in the area that have avocado toast. <laughs> Incredible. Which is probably true, by the way. I don't know if I, avocado I, toast I is just, a big thing or not in uh, Columbus. I just, I just love the California stereotypes that we've, you know, just dropped on uh, <laughs> on this Muleshoe Texas guy. Like, there's, there's nothing about, like, nothing about Lincoln Riley's whole life of where he, where he went to college, where he, where he was born, where he's coached, everything that would ever suggest that all this California stuff would appeal to him. But now. I tell you what, bunch of granola and avocado toast and smoked tofu. I mean, it's, it just cracks me up, man. Text line. Let's say hypothetically, the Big Ten adds Oregon, Washington, and Notre Dame. Would they be a tougher conference than the SEC? That's a good question. Oregon's a good program. Notre Dame's a good program. Washington. I mean, made the playoff in 2016, but kind of fallen on some hard times recently. I would say with what Alabama is still doing right now, and now that Georgia has finally broke through and won a title, those two teams being the top-heavy teams that they are, I, I still think having Bama in the SEC would make it a tougher league than the Big Ten, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and that's not yeah, even think, you know counting Oklahoma and, and, and some other programs in there too. But Bama shifts it for me. Yeah, I think, I think you have to lean to the SEC. I don't really particularly care who you add to the Big Ten right now, but you just have to look at precedent. You have to look at the SEC, even before adding Oklahoma and Texas, um, was getting two teams in the college football playoff multiple times. So when you look at that, what what is that supposed to change with the additions to the Big Ten? I mean, Notre Dame, yeah, they've made the playoff, but a, a lot of people kind of chalk that up to not having to play in a conference championship game. Well, that goes away. Um, you know, there, there are certain – I, I don't think they're adding that much to the Big Ten to trump whatever. I mean, we see LSU get hot every couple of years. It's either they have a losing season or they have a, a national champion, it seems. But, like, they'll obviously come up. We'll see what Brian Kelly can do with them. Um, it, I, I still lean SEC, and I don't think that's necessarily even being a homer because of OU. Do you think Cincinnati should have waited to join a Power 5 conference until now? Would the Big Ten have wanted them, or are they in a good spot with the Big 12? Yeah, I think they're in a good spot with the Big 12. They, they made the right move. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, the, the Big Ten wouldn't even have kicked the tires on Cincinnati. Because like Travis said earlier, the report is out that the Big Ten's not even really kicking the tires on Oregon right now. If they're not really thinking yeah. about Oregon, they're definitely not thinking about Cincinnati. But here's Cincinnati's path, right? Because if we end up going to two super conferences, which I think that we're probably going to do, and there's 20 teams in each, 
Well, that might not happen until a couple of years down the road. So Cincinnati's going to have a chance in a Power 5 conference to win a lot of games and boost its profile even more. Now, maybe that might not even be good enough to get an invite from the Big Ten or the SEC, but this opportunity will give Cincinnati its best chance to really prove, I think, Travis, yeah, they're not just a really good program in a non-Power 5. They can win at a high level in a Power 5 conference. So this is best-case scenario for them. Yeah, I don't think they, to your point, I don't think they could have made the jump right to the Big Ten. Um, I mean, I think any time that you join a new conference that's got, you know, better teams and bigger media deals, anything, any upgrade is still a good move. Because if they wouldn't have made the move, to your point, it's not like the SEC or Big Ten's going, oh, man. We, we definitely wouldn't want, uh, you know, any Big 12 teams or other Big 10 teams. Let's reach down here and get – or any Pac-12 teams. Let's reach down here and get Cincinnati of all teams. Just wouldn't have happened. Because also they look for, they yeah, look for now, big brands, right? You're not going to you're gonna, you're not gonna yeah. look at Cincinnati if you've already got Ohio State, you know, in that, in that state and say, man, we really, we really want that other TV market. No, that, that's just not the case. And I think that's something that's important to remember in this conference realignment thing. There are a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, saying, oh, man, Oklahoma State needs to be part of the SEC because look at the look at the totality of their athletic department. Look at all the how good they're good at baseball. They're good at, you know, basketball. They're good at, foot, you know, they've been consistently good at football without a lot of resources, all that. Yeah, TV partners don't care about that. Otherwise, UCLA, USC, totally and Texas agree. wouldn't have gotten calls. They wouldn't have gotten calls. It would have been only OU on the move, basically, because none of those other schools have been worth anything on the actual field of play. So it matters about you have to shift your thinking from who's been good to who's in large TV markets and who has very big brands. And once you think like that, then you start to think a little bit more clearly, I think, about conference realignment. Yeah, text line is popping right now. We're about to take a break, but I want to go into a break with a question for all of you out there on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We all know that OU's good. OU secure, the SEC move is going to happen, so you're good there. The SEC will be at 16 teams when, when OU is in that conference. Now, there's a lot of other attractive programs out there. Clemson's attractive. North Carolina brings some unique things. Notre Dame as well. As an OU fan, do you want the SEC to be aggressive here and add more teams? And if so, who, or do you want the SEC to stay pat and just say, now nah, we're good at 16 teams, uh, we'll roll through with that. Let us know, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. I'm at Westwood Golf in Norman. More to come next on The Ref. Friday Rush, live on The Ref, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. I'm in Norman at Westwood Golf. Travis is at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. What's going on up there at Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa, Travis? Man, just uh, just kicking it here, man. We've got uh, sports on the TVs. We've got extremely comfortable seating. Uh, and we've got $3 domestic drafts all day. We've also got some nice. Weller 12 on the back bar, I see. Weller 12, Eagle Rare. So if you're a whiskey uh, whiskey lover, uh, this might be the spot for your Friday afternoon I uh, going into the holiday yeah, yeah. So, sounds, uh, sounds pretty awesome. Sounds absolutely. pretty awesome, man. Um, I'm at a what good you place got going as on? well here inside the Westwood Grill. I'm at the Westwood Grill, and as I turn behind, they've got they've got some draft options as well. Um, if you if you prefer, 
your uh, your golf beers in a can. They have that as well. But, yeah, uh, Westwood Golf Course, got some people out there at the driving range, some hanging out in the grill, watching some TV. So, it's yeah, it's I, I always love being out here. And pretty cool to be out here for a July 4th weekend. It's pretty awesome. So, what's I asked your, that question going into the break. What's your go-to on the golf course? Is it canned beer? Is it club specials? You a Bloody Mary guy? What, what's your move on the golf course? I am not a Bloody Mary guy. Um, I like tomatoes as as they as they come, but not a big Bloody Mary guy. Club specials, absolutely, and we'll be having yes. some of those this weekend. Um, canned yes. beer, absolutely, we'll be having some of that this weekend. And you know, maybe you sneak in some fireball shots in the back of the golf cart from time to time. I, I don't know. Mix it up well, a little yeah, bit sometimes. Sometimes, depending on how the front nine goes. Yeah, well, 100%, dude. That is no <laughs> doubt. The The SEC should add Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and North Carolina. That's that's the first text we got. You would agree with that, or you want to stay pat? So I, I think it's a race to 20, personally. I think, I think it's understood that... Uh, the Big Ten will eventually get to 20. So if I'm the SEC, I think, well, if they're going to give me the opportunity to go out in front, like I did with OU in Texas, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to keep adding until somebody says, "Hey, man, you can't do that," and nobody's going to say that because there's no leadership in place to say that you can't do that. So um, what I would do is I would take the first crack at Notre Dame to see what their status is. And honestly, I would try and take Oregon. I think the, the t- first two pieces off the board have to be Notre Dame and Oregon. Get that Nike, get kind of that West Coast brought in. Because here's the thing. Ge- geography has com- been completely thrown out the window. I mean, once UCF no is going to BYU and USC is going to Rutgers, I mean, what are we doing here with our geography? So if, if, if geography is your concern, then I'm, I'm not here to hear it. You need to get your best and biggest brands and now as opposed to keeping everything regional now you have to try and spread out and try and expand your empire to reach the largest markets you can and i think getting into notre dame and that chicago area and then bringing in oregon with their nike money i mean i think that's especially uh bringing landing back home i think that i think those would be my first two but i do love the the clemson uh, I, I do love the uh, the North Carolina. Obviously, makes your basketball a lot better. Um, and then I, I'm big on bringing Florida schools in, getting that Miami and Florida State in there. Yeah, I, but I think you get aggressive and try and add while you still have you know kind of kind of first rights to these people if you move quickly. This one says not necessarily add teams for the SEC, but trade Mizzou for Clemson and Vandy for Notre Dame, and you got a deal. That, that's, that's an interesting text because it's hard to imagine that this would happen right now. But, you know, there's oh, a yeah. lot of things that's happened in the past three years in college football that's hard to imagine that they're about to happen. But do you think we ever get to a point where the SEC says – yeah, Vanderbilt, it was fun, but we're going to drop you and trade you out for someone else or just make you fend for yourself. Same thing with uh, the Big Ten and a Rutgers or something like that. Like, Do we ever get to that point where the two major conferences start kicking people out? I just – I personally can't see it. I don't, I don't think you can – I don't think you can process <laughs> – I think you can process whole, whole institutions out of your conference if they've really done nothing wrong. 
You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a situation where they got the death penalty and or they had this, that, or the other, like, reasons for the other ADs to be like, you know what, or the other presidents and ADs to be like, you know what, we kind of want them out. If it's just a situation where, you know what, you just really haven't been very good in football, so we're just going to get rid of you. I think, I think that would be unprecedented for a reason. Yeah, let's take Georgia Tech, Florida State. Yeah, let's take Georgia Tech, Florida State, the U, and Baylor just to piss off Oklahoma State. Yeah, well, if that's your goal, yeah, taking Georgia Tech and Baylor along with Florida State and the U uh, would would probably would probably do that. Uh, If you want to piss off, if you want to piss off OSU, you take Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, I second everything Travis just said about Ash Cigar Bar. It's nice, and you should visit Tyler. Nice selection of cigars and whiskey. Well, how about this? How about this, Gunny? Um, I don't know when the next time it's going to be that I make my way up to Tulsa. I do know that I will be at the OU Arkansas basketball game in December, so that's an opportunity. But if nothing else, not this coming football season, but the next football season, OU will play a game in Tulsa. Now, I know a lot of things are shifting around in college football, but I do believe that OU will play that road game in Tulsa. Maybe, just maybe, Travis, we can figure out a way to do a pre- or post-game show, or both, uh, for the OU Arkansas basketball game in December and the OU Tulsa football game coming up in, uh, what, 2023? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to welcome you to my city, my friend. We will... uh... We will definitely make sure that you are treated well. Yeah, it'd be a, be a lot of fun. I'll uh, I'll be making my way up for uh, both of those games. That's that is for sure, man. And really excited about this uh, the trip to Lincoln that's coming up. Um, you um, oh, you you put out an interesting question on on social media. I think it was yesterday. If you were the commissioner of the Big Ten or the SEC, four teams that you would call immediately. So let's say that the conference of interest for us, it's the SEC, is it just so easy that you would call Clemson, Notre Dame, Oregon, and Washington, or do you have a different four that you'd be on the horn with right now? I think I would go, uh, you know, best available, right? Let's pretend this is like the draft. I'd go best available, um, and I would go Clemson, Notre Dame, Oregon, and give me Miami, actually. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll take I'll take Miami, um, and and I think those four are going to cover pretty much all your bases uh, as far as money, as far as success, as far as tradition, uh, as far as uh, you know what what TV partners would look for. What about you? What are your four? Yeah, um, my four to the SEC. Clemson just makes too much sense. But let let me say this about Clemson, okay? And I read an article today that made an interesting point. Is this a massive year for Clemson in terms of where they eventually end up? Like what conference? Like I, I think Clemson, even oh, yeah. if they were to rattle off a nine and three season this year, I mean they're still going to be a commodity that a lot of people want. I mean they got like an eighty thousand plus seat stadium. They got a nice fan base, all that. But they're also the smallest public school. In the ACC, it's not like they have an Ohio State level of alumni, and I don't know how much money is pumping through Clemson. So if a, if another domino's not going to fall until after the season, there is a chance here, Travis, that 
Clemson's only really a hot commodity because they've really turned around their football program in the past seven, eight years. If they suffer another tough year and don't make it to the playoff, don't win the ACC, does Clemson lose a lot of luster in how much people actually want that want to add them, especially since you already have South Carolina? Yeah, I think I think they lose a bit of their luster. There's no doubt, but I mean they're on they're on seemingly a run that could uh, translate into sustainability. And I know it's blue blood versus new blood type situation. So once you've got all the blue bloods you can get, uh, I'd say go after go after the new bloods. But I, I do agree with you that this season there's a lot in the balance because the, really the question is and. You know, not even just making it about us. I mean, I know we're, uh, you know, the home of Sooner fans, but what do they look like without Brent Venables? Because, I mean, they were they were no good for a long time. I mean, 2010, they went, I think, 6-7. And, seven, and uh, you know, they really start their uptick whenever they start getting really dominant on defense. And that was what Brent Venables did. So, I mean, I know that Dabo gets a lot of the credit, and even from – you know, Thad Turnipseed, even from Brent Venables, and, you know, he gets a lot of that credit, but what does that program look like without Thad Turnipseed, without Brent Venables, without Todd Bates, without Miguel Chavis? With with, with these guys gone, you know, it, it will be very interesting. They're one of the teams I really look forward to watching, but I do think that their success over the last decade, we'll call it, um, has kind of put them in that conversation, at least in the, you know, CFP era as being part of that new new blood instead of blue blood. And I think you got to, once you're past the blue bloods, you got to take up the new bloods. Text line says Wake Forest has to be smaller than Clemson, right? Well, Wake Forest is a private school, and that's what I was saying. In terms of public schools in the ACC, Clemson is the smallest. So the only reason everyone's saying, oh, go get Clemson, is because they've won a couple national championships here recently. Like, yeah, if this was 2006, I don't know if there would be this massive push. Heck, if this was 2010, I don't think that there would be a massive push to go add Clemson. But to back to the question that you asked me, um, four that I would add, I, I, I want to keep this as regional as possible. And, and that's what I just don't love – the fact that two L.A. teams are going to have to play in the eastern time zone for games, right, or two time zones away for their closest game. I love the regionality that's always existed with college football. So though it's not necessarily regional for OU, it would be to the the, uh, SEC, I would add Clemson, I would add Florida State, I would add Miami, and I know that you probably aren't going to separate Duke and North Carolina, but give me North Carolina in that four as well. Yeah, I think I I think I can definitely agree with you on North Carolina being the more valuable of the Duke North Carolina matchup. There's no doubt about that. And with basketball, here's the thing: with basketball, you play a lot of games. You can really get that on the schedule if you need it. If you need, you know, your your North sure. Carolina and Duke rivalry to remain, because it's not a football rivalry by any means. So if you can get if, if you can get that on the schedule every year if you have to, that's going to be no problem with all the games that basketball plays. But when you talk about university size, you know, I know Clemson's got the smallest enrollment, but the largest enrollment in the United States is Central Florida, and they're off to the Big 12, and I don't think they're looked at as a huge feather, you know, in the Big 12's cap. I don't think, you know, I don't think in that realignment everybody's like, oh, my God, we got away with one getting UCF in here. Um so I, I do I do see your Clemson point, no doubt. 
but, you know, keeping it regional, you know, that sounds like scared money. Tyler, that sounds like scared money, and you know what they say about scared money. <laughs> I, I got, I, I got scared money. I, I don't want to have to go to the West Coast. All right, I don't, I, I'm just, just, just saying. Well, and, and hey, by the way, speaking of the West Coast, listen to this tweet. This is from John Canzano. He's up there in uh, Oregon. I think he writes for the Oregonian up there. It says, spoke to lawmakers in Washington and Oregon today. There's a movement afoot to emphasize that the public and taxpayers do not want public Pac-12 universities split from each other. The effort, if successful, would keep Oregon State and Oregon together and Washington State and Washington together. Now, I know that we heard a lot about that around OU and OSU 10 years ago, and it didn't end up being true. But I think, Travis, that's the worst possible thing that could happen for the Oregon football program is that it's somehow like mandated where well wherever you go whatever options you look at you have to demand that Oregon State goes along with you as well that'll be pretty damning I think for Oregon if that actually happens yeah I don't see it happening and and can I just add that probably my least favorite tweets from sports writers are spoke to lawmakers like that, <laughs> right. if, if you start a tweet with that I'm 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 I'm, I'm really I'm I'm probably moving past that one. I mean, because what it usually what it usually comes from is, you know, lawmakers, because obviously the lawmakers likely went to college somewhere. They likely went to college in that state. And if Oregon State and Oregon make up most of the college graduates in that state, it is suffice to say there are a lot of Oregon State graduates that are lawmakers. I'm just assuming this because this is that's usually how it works. There are a lot of OSU graduates, and I'm not talking Oregon State there. There are a lot of OU graduates. There are a lot of, you know, whatever, right? That's who often makes up your state legislature. So, of course, there are going to be Oregon State lawmakers. I doubt there are a bunch of Oregon alums in there saying, oh, man, please, like, I'm going to write some stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some uh, something into action to say that we can't leave Oregon State behind. No, absolutely not. That was absolutely right. coming from an Oregon State alum, and that's what you're going to get in a lot of these, but I don't think it can hold up. We saw, again, to your point, we saw it with OU and OSU. I don't think it can happen. I agree. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You guys are killing it on the text line. Keep it coming. It is the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. More to come next right here on The Ref. Friday Rush, live on the ref for the Home Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby is hanging out with us today as well, getting you ready for July 4th weekend right here in Norman. The largest fireworks show in the state. That's right, it's at Reeves Park. The tradition continues beginning at 5 p.m. on July 4th. There's going to be food trucks, family yard games, live music, and actually a new area where uh, folks 21 and up can enjoy local beer from community breweries. Let freedom ring underneath the biggest fireworks show in the state, which will begin just before 10 p.m. All right, if you're kind of like just now tuning in today, what's the update on all the realignment stuff going on? Here's a couple of updates for you. Basically, the Big Ten said to Oregon and Washington, now this is reportedly that eh, we're staying pat for right now. We're going to see what Notre Dame does, but we'll keep your card and your number handy in case we kind of change our mind. Big Ten clearly wants Notre Dame, as would, I'm sure, the SEC. Now, here's something else, though, that's interesting, Travis, and this kind of goes on the same line as the Big Ten saying, yeah, we don't see necessarily the value with Oregon and Washington right now, 
reportedly, it seems like the Big 12 has the same issue with Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. There was a big opinion yesterday, Big 12 got to be aggressive, go get Utah, go get Colorado and the Arizona schools. They're basically saying right now that they don't bring enough media value to be accredited for continuing members. Now, the money bar is lower in the Big 12, but the four-corner schools are comparable in terms of less valuable. So there's a thought that the Big 12 saying at this point, yeah, we're kind of good at staying pat as well. We don't we don't need you guys. Maybe this is a, a business move or some sort of a tactic, but at this minute it doesn't seem like the Big 12 is going to be uber aggressive. Yeah, and I think they should be, right? I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of people um, – would agree with that if, they, if they're looking at the writing on the wall that the other conferences are transcribing. It's 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 going to be a race to 20. And, and, and if you're the Big 12, do you just give up and say, look, it's just inevitable that we're going to end up in, in broken up into the SEC or the Big 10 and we could just, just stand pat? Or, you know, they had – the Big 12 was lucky that OU and Texas were, were poached. And really – they should be thanking Oklahoma and Texas for this position. Uh, I know they don't think so, but th- they'll come around eventually because they were able to add schools and try and yep. bolster their ranks before all of this happened. And now with UCLA and USC, USC moving, everybody else in the Pac-12 is looking for a lifeboat out of that conference. I don't think anybody is thinking, oh, the Pac-12 is now going to you know, backfill it with whoever because – the, the backfilling schools have already been taken by the Big 12. You've got your UCFs and Houstons and Cincinnati's and, uh, and BYUs, obviously with big fan bases, with, as we pointed out earlier, large enrollments, uh, large alumni base, and then Cincinnati was just in the playoff. So, um, yes, I'm talking about playoffs. But with, with that, the Pac-12 is kind of left kind of twiddling their thumbs because what what do they do what do those schools do the big 12 has to get aggressive they have to add again those four teams as you discussed to try and get into that west coast because the what there won't be a west coast conference if if this is what you know happens if what happens is what we think is going to happen there won't be a west coast uh specific conference so if i'm the big 12 they've got new leadership the best thing new leadership can do is come in get aggressive and say you know what we're we're not going to be just left dying on the vine waiting for the Big Ten and the SEC to just pick off, you know, whoever they want. Several Tulsa area listeners getting involved on the text line. Let me read uh, a few of these. Oregon to the SEC. You heard it here first. That's from J-Rock. This one says the SEC will add Clemson, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina. The Big Ten will add Iowa State, Oregon, Washington, and Utah. Ooh. The Big 12 picks up Arizona and Arizona State, and we have a funeral for the Pac-12. This last one says, I hope it happens to Oregon. We Oklahoma fans still hate Oregon. There was an immediate thought yesterday, Travis, that Oregon can just go independent with all the money that they have and do their own thing. I don't think that's a very sustainable model for them. I don't think that they have the fan base size to do that. I mean, clearly they have enough money to do whatever they want to do, but Oregon's got to find themselves in one of these power two conferences in my opinion well and and also you know you say they've got all the money they need but but do they i mean i get nike is you know worth you know unlimited money but does nike really want the the duty of propping up an entire 
athletic department to be an independent athletic department? Because that Nike money is great. You know what's really sweet? Amazon money. Fox money, ESPN <laughs> yeah. money, or and Apple that money. money. Comes a- in Apple's annually. trying to get in with the Big Ten right now. Apple the money, real money. whoever, Apple, right? Yeah. And they're not going to, to your point about the fan base, they're not going to be able to go out and sign some big-time deal because Notre Dame has a massive fan base. Like, it's just simple as that. Much bigger than Oregon. So I, I don't think that they're going to actively, you know, get out of the way of that TV you know, that, that windfall of TV money that's going to come if they go to the Big Ten or the SEC. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think independent is the way they should go at all. But this is this is funny kind of because I thought about this yesterday. We are conditioned as OU fans ever since that onside kick call to hate Oregon, right? Yep. We were going yep. to have to root for Oregon. Yep. Well, I mean, not have to, but most people would root for Oregon to beat Lincoln Riley. Well, now – we can just root for Michigan, I guess, or Penn State or other teams <laughs> yeah. that we don't really have any qualms with, and we can root for them. We don't have to we, – we can still go back to hating Oregon and it not getting in the way of also rooting against Muleshoe. And I think that's, that's an important thing about conference realignment is it helped out a lot of troubled OU fans that didn't realize they were troubled yet. I agree. Hey, what's going on at Ash Cigar Bar? Ash Cigar Bar, we got $3 domestic drafts. We've got uh, uh, we got Weller 12, we got Eagle Rare, we got comfortable seating, fine cigars. And, uh, yeah, just just a nice, relaxing place uh, for your Friday afternoon, a little happy hour before you maybe hit the lake or uh, just take off for the holiday weekend. I love that, man. Love that. Go see Travis at Ash Cigar Bar. I know uh, some of you have already done that. Gunny of Stutzman Army has stopped by. Someone else texted in and said that they stopped by and left us some presents. I don't know if you didn't mention that to me or <laughs> just going to keep it for yourself or what that well, means, uh, but I'm interested yeah, I'll, to find uh, out. Oh, oh no, there, 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 are some, there are some very Tyler-specific presents. Um, oh, thank God. They're, they're very thoughtful, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to give you yours. Uh, that's awesome. Love that. All right, we'll uh, close up our number great, one. We've got, we got great rush. listeners here. Yeah, there's no doubt. Friday Rush rolls on next. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number one of the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Travis, I dropped about uh, 13 bucks before the show today to purchase my first uh, college football magazine of the year. I will buy all of them in due time before the season starts. But magazine number one is Athlon, Marvin Mims and Spencer Sanders on the cover. Spencer Sanders in a cowboy hat, by the way, which is uh, which is an interesting look. They uh, The projected hmm. record for OU, you ready for this? Projected record for OU, 6-3 and three oh, in boy. Big 12 play with a 9-4 and four overall record. Thoughts? What? What? What are the three teams they have us losing to? Wait, let me, let me hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Texas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. I don't know. I, they do not do win loss for uh, any of the games for any oh, of the teams man. on here. Yeah, but here's what's interesting: is they have OU going nine and four. I guess that means they think that they're going to lose their bowl game, um, the Cheese It Bowl to Miami. I guess they think they're going to lose that one. They have Baylor. They have OU at number two, though. They have Baylor winning the league at ten and three with a six and three league record. They think the Big Twelve is going to be a buzzsaw this year. Baylor wins the league but goes six and three in conference. Uh, OU finishes second with a, with a six and three uh, record. 
OSU goes five and four. Texas goes five and four. Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia all go five and four as well. TCU goes three and six, along with Texas Tech, and KU goes two and seven. They the best record they have is Baylor and Oklahoma going six and three. I don't I don't see that man, and I don't think that we've ever seen that in the Big Twelve. I, I don't. No, I don't. No, I I absolutely don't see that. And also, I mean Kansas. Who's Kansas beating? <laughs> two I mean, teams in the conference. Well, Texas, Texas, that's their one conference win. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, you got to lock that in. But, but man, apparently they're high on they're higher on Kansas. That that's that's enough to to make me concerned about these predictions. Is Kansas getting two conference wins? But yeah, two. Now nah, that's I would love to hear their reasoning behind that. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, uh, me either. Alamo Bowl, OSU versus Oregon, Cheez It Bowl. OU versus Miami. Sugar Bowl? Baylor versus Texas A&M. I don't know. Hour number two of the Friday Rush is up next.